Welcome to Chasing Sunshine. I'm your host, Sarah Taylor, entrepreneur, manifestation coach, and holistic nutritionist. Here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, self-love, and personal development. This podcast was created to help you expand your mindset, follow your bliss, and find the tools to help you create the life of your dreams. So turn the stereo up, roll your windows down, point your heart to the sky, and let's go chase the sunshine. I remember it like it was yesterday. I don't remember what year it was, but I was young and I stepped on the scale and my mom gasped and I remember thinking, what's going on? Why why is my mom responding in this way? And she said to me, you have to go on a diet. And I'll never forget seeing those numbers on the scale. And it was in that moment that I realized I wasn't okay. And that was sort of where my diet journey started. And I can say that I've spent every year since I was 12 on some type of diet, um, trying to lose weight, working out on a different workout regimen, and hating my body, just wanting it to be thin wanting to look like my mom and my sisters and wanting to feel beautiful. And I didn't feel beautiful. And I don't remember when the switch happened where I was now conscious of the fact that I didn't look like everybody else. But it was almost like it was a snowball effect because shortly after that, I got teased in school for being overweight by the boys. And I remember thinking... I just want to be skinny. It still breaks my heart. And I wish that I could wrap my arms around that little girl and tell her that she is good enough just the way that she is. And I've spent so much of my life trying to get to a size or trying to get to a number on the scale that would make me feel worthy. 
And I'll tell you one thing. It hasn't happened yet. And I think that the moment I disconnected from my body was the moment that I lost myself and I hated food and I hated my body and I hated looking in the mirror and my main goal was to be thin and to feel comfortable in my own skin and I'm still not there yet. I mean, I'm going through the process of healing as I share these podcast episodes with you. And I haven't completely gotten to a level where I have figured everything out. That's what this process is. It's, it's an undoing. It's an unlearning of the things that we grew up with that didn't benefit us. And there's always different layers that need to be peeled back and healed. And so for me, I really just grew up thinking that as long as I was skinny, that I was beautiful. And if I wasn't skinny, then I wasn't good enough and I wasn't accepted and nobody would love me. And granted, Those are the messages that I chose to accept and believe, even though they weren't my thoughts. Because that was how I was raised. And this is definitely, I mean, I'm not knocking my parents. I mean, they, my parents did the best with what they were given. And they just wanted me to be healthy. So in that moment, my mom's heart was worried. Um, And it could have been even, she might have even been worried for what I will go through or what my process would be because I know that she went through her own eating and workout issues growing up she had the same ideas and maybe she didn't take them as far as I did but I think for my parents they just wanted me to be healthy and as a child I was I wouldn't say that I wasn't healthy but I was an overweight kid and I remember my dad used to always say to me you know once you hit puberty it's just all gonna fall off it's just baby fat And granted, he was right in what he was saying, because by the time I turned 14, I was skinny. (laughs) Like the weight just sort of, I had pretty much lost all my baby fat and The attention that I got from that 
even though I didn't realize it at the time, was really just starting a spiral of eating disorders. And by the time I was 16, I was not eating throughout the day. I would eat at nighttime because my parents were there and I didn't want them to know what I was doing, but I was just wanting to be even more thin than I was. And I was scared that I would gain it all back. I was scared that the attention that I was getting and the, which I took that as love was going to go all go away. And so that led me on a journey of anorexia. And once my parents figured out what I was doing, they were trying to make sure that I was eating. And it's, it's so hard for anyone to understand who hasn't been there. But once you, it's like this thing that you now have in your life that you have control over. And maybe I can't control what's going on in the outer, you know, my outer reality. Maybe I can't control what's happening at work or my parents at home or, you know, friendships or boyfriends or whatever it is, but this I can control. And it just became this thing where I didn't want anybody to take it away from me. I wanted to have this control over my life over my body, over what it looked like. And the moment that they started making me eat, I found another way to keep that control. And I began purging. And this went on for a number of years. And I always remember thinking to myself, like, this is a prison. I would wake up in the morning and I'd be thinking about how I would get around not eating and if I ate, how I could purge and and what time I could be back home to work out again to burn any extra calories that I ate. And this was an ongoing process and I was in a relationship with somebody at the time And of course, my emotions were out of control. I was too skinny, even though when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see that. My hormones were out of whack. I was always upset or crying. I had no energy. I had no nutrients in my body. I just wanted to just still have this thing. I wanted to have it so much that it was taking over my life. And I remember one morning waking up and having this burning sensation in my throat. 
and thinking to myself, I can't keep doing this. Like this is, this is going to hurt. I'm hurting myself now. And I don't remember why I made this decision or how maybe it was the universe and God intervening in my life. But I remember going to the hospital and having a conversation with the counselor there. And they wanted me to admit myself. And I had two options. I either had to admit myself and stay there and they would have full control over everything I ate and what I did, or I could come back. I would come throughout the day and then go home at night. And I don't know what it was, but in that moment, I remember thinking to myself, hell no, I'm not doing this. This is not happening. I'm going to do this. I'm going to stop. And I'm going to stop hurting myself. And I did. And I don't even remember if it was an easy process or not. But all I remember is I just didn't want to throw up anymore. And that obviously was years and years and years of you know, therapy and breaking down the reasons why it was happening and why I chose this, you know, method to control my life. And I always thought I would get to a point and I always thought I was better, but there were still things every time my life felt out of control or it spiral, I would turn to fitness and health. And it was like, this thing that I was familiar with and I knew I could control. And so I would exercise, you know, crazy amounts of hours of the day. And so although I wasn't binging anymore, I then took on working out. And that became an obsession for me too. And it was just, I always wanted to look like somebody else or my body had to get to this certain number or this certain point. And I have been up and down my entire life with this process. I have lost weight. I have gained weight. I have lost weight and I have gained weight. I have been on countless amounts of diets, more than I can even count on my hands. I have done countless amounts of workout programs. If you were to see my garage right now, it is boxes and boxes of DVD programs of workout programs that I was doing or tried to do, or this was the new, this was the new one. You know, this was it. This was going to be the one that would make me finally love myself. And the books, oh, the books, the books were far too many to count. And the obsession turned into 
being obsessed with being healthy. So it was like every few years I would take on this new concept of how I was going to get myself to where I wanted to be. And so if it wasn't, you know, the crazy workouts, it was a new diet. And if it wasn't a new diet, it was the crazy workouts. And then, you know, it got into like, well, I can't eat this because I got to be healthy. And I just got to a point in my life where I realized that none of this is serving me. It's actually robbing me of any joy in my life because I'm restricting. And even when it got down to eating healthy, it was a restrictive mindset because I couldn't have that slice of pizza or I couldn't have those chips because they have MSG in them or um, I can't have this specific, you know, salad dressing because it has oil in it. And it just, you ever get to a point in your life when you're like, if I could do this all over again, I would choose differently. And I don't want to be saying that at the end of my life. I want to be able to say that I found peace and harmony and love for myself, no matter what size that I am. And I think that the thing with healing is is the fact that there is so many layers because there's always that point where you're like, okay, I'm I'm here now. I'm better. I'm not doing all of those things anymore. And then like something new happens. You try, you know, you go shopping for clothes and you're standing in the mirror and you're like, oh my gosh, I do not like my body in this mirror. And then you spiral and the negative thoughts start coming and the, you know, just the plan Okay, what, what, okay, we got to go home and figure out what, you know, plan you're going to do this time. And like, I'm just so over all of that because one thing I have realized and one thing I have learned, which is probably the biggest, most beautiful lesson, is wherever your attention goes, that's what grows. So if you are living in a lack mindset of, hating your body, hating the food that you're eating, worried about the food that you're eating, working out like crazy so that you can get to a number, talking down about yourself, thinking negative things about yourself. All of these things are causing stress in the body, which then causes inflammation, which is wreaking havoc on your health, regardless of what you're trying to do to be healthy. It's actually causing more harm to your body. And then the thoughts that you're thinking and the feelings that you're feeling is what you're drawing into your reality. And so if you think you're fat, if you think you're overweight, if you think losing weight is hard, then that is your reality. And it's going to consistently be your reality. And so the more that I have gone on my own journey of self-love, the more I've realized that this is an inner game. It is 
what we are doing within that is making the biggest changes of all. What we put out and what we believe is what we get back in return. So if you believe that dieting and eating will be hard work, then it will be. Your beliefs create your journey. And my beliefs created my journey. I thought losing weight was hard, and it was. I thought I had to eat a specific amount of calories to stay thin. And so that's what I did, and that that didn't even work. It got to a point that even what I was doing, the working out, the overworking out, the not eating certain foods, the dieting, whatever it was, that wasn't even changing my body anymore. So I was telling the universe, hey, universe, I want to be skinny and I want to love my body, but, and then I would talk badly about myself. I would hate my body in the mirror. I wouldn't feed her. I wouldn't love her. I would restrict calories. I would do all the things. And so that is so counterintuitive. We can't want something beautiful while thinking something negative or treating our bodies negative or even having a bad relationship with food. It's just this, everything, everything is just a balancing act of trying to get your emotions and your mind to be in one with what it is that you want and what it is that you're trying to create. And the same goes with our body. And so I've been on this journey this last year of really just finding the tools that will help me create the life and the body of my dreams. And so that actually turned out to be not exercising like crazy, like actually doing the least amount of exercise I've ever done. EFT tapping, which has been heaven sent for me because it has really helped me calm down my nervous system and heal the patterns in my subconscious mind that have created this conditioning. I use affirmations. So as I'm going to sleep, I listen to these beautiful affirmations about the life that I want to create, about the body I want to create. But it's not even just about creating it. It's about loving it too. Because if you are so hard on your body and if you look in the mirror and you have nothing positive to say about your body, that's the energy that you're drawing to you. And that's the energy your body is taking in. And what we think about and how we treat our bodies causes inflammation in the body too because our nervous system is on overdrive constantly. And... So all of these things are so important. I have been learning how to tap into my body and learn what she wants. And I even just recently gave up the very strict, healthy lifestyle that I was on because 
my hair started shedding. Um, my muscles feel weak. The energy levels went down. My adrenals were taxed. I mean, this is another thing about our bodies and about our journey. What worked for us 10 years ago might not work for us now. That is why we have to constantly be open to allow change to happen in our life and to constantly be allowing ourselves to be connected to what our body is trying to tell us. So a year ago, you might have given up chicken and fish and that was working for you. But then this year, you're going through something new in your life and your body needs more protein and you're um, going through a very stressful period and the nutrients and the vitamins and all the things that you need that you've removed from your body prior, you might need those now. And it might not last for the rest of your life, or maybe it does, it doesn't matter. But when you're in tune with what your body wants and you allow her to tell you what she needs, then it's this beautiful marriage between you and your body. And so you're feeding your body what she craves. You're giving her the nutrients that she needs. And so many people say, yeah, but with intuitive eating, like I'll just sit on the couch and eat a, a pint of ice cream, but you won't. I mean, maybe you think that that's what you're going to do, but you won't because with intuitive eating, there's principles that you go through principles and steps to get you to where it is that you want to go. And there's like a myriad of things to undo because I don't know what you're going through. My story can be completely different than your story. And my experiences will be completely different than your experiences. And so I never experienced binge eating. Like to the point where I would eat meat, 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 and then purge. I ate because I had to, and then I purged. So like my story might be different than yours. And that's okay. We, we all, this is the one thing that I really want people to understand and learn. And that's the thing about diet and nutrition. It's not a one size fits all. And it's, it's not a one size fits all forever either. So like you, you know, you take on, you know, paleo diet and you think this is it, this is my diet for the rest of my life. But maybe in six years after doing paleo, you decide that your body isn't thriving on this diet anymore. And so you have to allow your body to flow into something else. We have such rigid restrictions and rules for our lives and our bodies. And I think it's so unnecessary and it does actually more harm than good. And so I just wanted to like kind of break down the the intuitive eating principles in the book. Um, and it's called intuitive eating. And it's such a good place to start if you don't know where to start. Even just reading it to get the information into your body and to understand that there is another way to do this. And that everything's a habit. You know, 
everything that we choose to do repeatedly over time becomes a habit. And so we have to break these habits. And dieting is a habit. It's a bad habit. And I am not for it anymore. I don't agree with it. I don't think it helps our bodies. I don't think that it works in the long run. Maybe it works in the short term, but I don't think it works in the long run because we're always removing and restricting. Um, and like, I'm all for people removing things that they're sensitive to. I, I do think that food sensitivities are important to know because they can cause a myriad of symptoms in the body and they can definitely cause inflammation. So I'm not saying, you know, don't remove foods from your life that aren't serving you. I'm just saying, let's not restrict our bodies anymore from nutrients and vitamins and energy and protein and fat and carbs and all those beautiful things that our bodies need to regenerate and create life and get us through the day and all of these things that we do on our day-to-day basis. So in the intuitive eating book, there is a summary of eating styles that they talk about. And it's, it was really interesting for me to be able to read these and understand what type of eating style I am, because once you can pinpoint who you are as an eating style, it helps you find that in the book and then start to heal that. Um, So there's a careful eater and their trigger is usually fitness and health, which is, this is me. Um, And basically they're, they're the type of people who appear to be the perfect eater. um, But they anguish over every single food that they eat, every morsel of food, everything that goes in the body, they, they freak out about it. And on the surface, they seem to be healthy and fitness oriented, but really inside they're freaking out about it all. Um, There's an unconscious eater and the eating, basically these type of eaters, um, they basically eat while they're doing something else at the same time. So they don't even realize that they're doing it. And um, this person is often unaware that um, she or he is eating or how much is being eaten. So if that's you, um, none of these and none of these are to um, make you feel bad about yourself or to disgrace yourself. Let's not even go there. This is just a conversation about what eating style that you are so that you can figure out how to heal that part of you and find a a healthy way to have a relationship with food and your body. There's a chaotic unconscious eater and their triggers are basically overscheduled life. So they have too much going on in their day-to-day life and um, their, their eating style is, is, ha- is haphazard. Um, so they're always eating on the go when food is available and uh, they seem to thrive on tension. Then there's a refuse not unconscious eater and their trigger is presence of food. Uh, So this person is especially vulnerable to candy jars or food or foods that present themselves in meetings or sitting openly on the kitchen counter. Then there's the waste not unconscious eater. Their trigger is free food. And uh, this person basically 
Um, their eating style is influenced by the value of the food dollar and is susceptible to all you can eat buffets and free food. Then there's an emotional unconscious eater. Their trigger is uncomfortable emotions and basically stress and uncomfortable feelings trigger them to eat. Then there's the professional dieter and their trigger is feeling fat. This person is perpetually dieting, often trying to the latest commercial diets or diet books. I kind of think that I'm a little bit of a careful eater and a professional dieter all at the same time. I don't know if you can be too, but if you can be, those are mine. And then there's the intuitive eater, which is what we all want to get to and strive to be. And they are a biological eater. So basically what that means is this person makes food choices without experiencing guilt or an ethical dilemma. They honor their hunger, they respect, they respect their fullness, and they enjoy the pleasure of eating. That just sounds so beautiful. Like it just sounds so freeing, like to be able to just like sit down and have a meal and not contemplate in your mind anything negative. And, you know, it's usually those people who aren't preoccupied with food, who don't worry about food, who don't think about it, calories in, calories out, diets, this, no, none of it. They're the ones that really just have this beautiful experience of food and their body, and they don't really seem to struggle with weight, which is so interesting because they don't worry about it. And so they don't call that into their life. You see how this all works? Uh, So there's principles of the intuitive eater and... I'll just going to go over them real quickly for you because the breakdown of, of this style of eating is important because for anybody who is a diet, a dieter or a workaholic at the gym or has any type of eating disorders and just a disclaimer, if you do have an eating disorder, I will leave some references for you so that you can speak to somebody because it is important that you have somebody to talk to about this, to help you heal this, to seek medical help if you need it, and to make sure that you have enough guidance to help you heal from this. It is not an overnight thing it sometimes can be a lifetime journey. So I'm here for you. If you have any questions, if you feel like you need help, if you feel like you want to talk to somebody, please reach out to me and I'll be more than willing to help you with that, with giving you references or even just talking to you. It would be my complete honor. So the principles of intuitive eating The first one is we want to reject the diet mentality. And of course, with the diet mentality, you want to throw out all the books, all the diet books, any magazine articles that offer you any false hope of losing weight quickly, easily, or permanently. 
And you want to get angry at the lies that have led you to feel as if you were a failure for every time a new diet stopped working and you gained back all of the weight. Man, this this was one thing that I actually did this year. And I didn't even know that this was a part of the list, but I brought all of my, I threw all my magazines out and I gave every single diet book that I had to the library. And it was so freeing because it was in that moment that I realized I was letting go a piece of me that held me in bondage. It was so powerful. So, you know, if you're thinking that, you know, you have like a a ton of diet books or magazines or articles, even videos that you don't want, get rid of them, give them away, give them, you know, hand them, you know, maybe not hand them down to people, but just give them away, get them out of your space, out of your home and, and make room for new, beautiful energy that can come into your life and, and more healing because, that's what this is all about. And that's what we need to love our bodies again and to love food. The second principle is honor your hunger. So you're basically, you keep your body biologically fed with adequate energy and carbohydrates. And I love carbohydrates. Otherwise, you can trigger a primal drive to overeat. Once you reach the moment of excessive hunger, All intentions of moderate conscious eating are fleeting and irrelevant. Learning to honor the first biological signal sets the stage for rebuilding trust with yourself and food. So important. And honor your hunger. Like how simple does that sound? But have we? Do we? I know I don't. I know that there's been so many times that I reached for a coffee or a cigarette when I used to smoke. I know. And I would use those two to get rid of my hunger. And I never honored my hunger. And it's something that I really want to do. Principle number three is make peace with food. Ah, this is the biggest one, guys. I don't even know what that feels like, but like, let's call it truce. Let's stop the food fight, you know? Give yourself unconditional permission to eat. How beautiful would that be? If you tell yourself that you can't or shouldn't have a particular food, it can lead to intense feelings of deprivation that build into uncontrollable cravings and often binging. When you finally give in to your forbidden foods, eating will be experienced with such intensity, it usually results in last supper overeating and overwhelming guilt. So we have those triggers there. And it's usually when we've gone past our hunger levels. Like, you know, you get, you know, when you're just starting to feel hunger and you're like, okay, I'll just wait a bit. And like, once you go past that, it's like, you know, give me everything, give me everything and anything in the fridge. I want it all. And that's just your body too, saying like, feed me, love me, you know? Principle number four, challenge the food police. Ooh, this is a big one. 
scream out loud no to the thoughts to your head that declare you're good for eating under a thousand calories. We are not doing that anymore. We are not calling ourselves bad because you ate a piece of chocolate cake. We, we can't, we, we, we just can't get there hating our bodies. And the food police monitor the unreasonable rules that dieting has created. This is just, this is where we, we create new habits. And in creating new habits, we create new neural pathways in the brain, which create more beautiful things if that's what we're focusing on. Such a beautiful thing. Principle number five, feel your fullness. Have you ever just been so hungry that you eat and eat and eat and you're overeating and you know you're feeling hungry, full, sorry, you're feeling full, but you just, ah, I just want to have a few more bites. And so you take those few more bites and now you're like super uncomfortable. And it's the uncomfortable feeling that I don't like either. It's like, that's what we kind of want to avoid because you want to listen for the body signals that tell you that you are no longer hungry. And you want to observe the signs that show that you're comfortable and you're full. So this is how we honor our body. And this is how we build a relationship with our body, by listening to the subtle cues that she gives us, she or he. And a really great thing that they talk about in the book is to pause in the middle of a meal or a snack and ask yourself how the food tastes and what your current fullness level is. Sometimes when we're eating really fast, um, our brain doesn't get the signal from our stomach that it's full. So we need to allow our stomachs to get there, to get satiated and full. And then once it starts releasing that it's full, then we know we've eaten, we don't have to eat anymore. And so again, becoming one with your body. Principle number six, discover the satisfaction factor. That just sounds juicy. The Japanese have a wisdom to keep pleasure as one of their goals of healthy living. Hmm. In our theory to be thin and healthy, we often overlook one of those basic gifts of existence, the pleasure and satisfaction that can be found in the eating experience. When you eat what you really want in an environment that is inviting, the pleasure you derive will be a powerful force in helping you feel satisfied and content. By providing this experience for yourself, you will find that it takes much less food to decide you've had enough. And going on this principle too, I find that before eating now, I sit down and I give thanks for my food. And it really, and I send love to my food because the energetic frequency of what you are putting on your food goes into your body and it does the same thing for yourselves. So this is also a beautiful way to become one with your body and with food and to give gratitude for the food that you're about to consume and embrace the fact that you have this, that you have the money to pay for this food, that this food is beautiful and it's healthy and it's all of this, all of these things is going to provide nutrients to your body and to your cells and to really just give thanks for that. 
that's another really um, beautiful way to experience food and to bring more love to your plate and to your body. Principle number seven, cope with your emotions without using food. So I've never been an emotional eater. I actually am not hungry when I'm very emotional. And so this principle, I but I think it would be beautiful for all of us because you find ways to comfort and nurture or distract yourself to resolve your emotional issues without using food. And, you know, this is to me a part of a habit too. You know, sometimes we reach for alcohol or we reach for cigarettes or we reach for food or we reach for um, anything that numbs us out, TV, Netflix, anything that numbs us out so we don't have to deal with what it is that we're going through or what we're feeling. You know, anxiety, loneliness, boredom, and anger. These are all emotions that we experience throughout life. And so, but we experience them. When we experience them, we try not to feel them or deal with them. Um, And so each of them has its own trigger and each has its own appeasement. Uh, Food won't fix any of these feelings, you know, and I think we all know that, but it may be a comfort for the short term, which distracts from the pain or even numbs you into a food hangover. But food won't solve the problem. You know, if you're sad, it won't take your sadness away. The sadness will still be there. If anything, eating for an emotional hunger will only make you feel worse in the long run. And ultimately, we have to deal with the source of the emotion, as well as the discomfort of overeating. And these are just, they seem simple, but I know that it's work. And I know that there's healing that needs to take place here. But, you know, I would rather go through the healing and go through the feelings of what it is that I'm feeling or what it is that I've been stuffing down and not feeling in order to get to the other side of this and enjoy food again and enjoy my body and enjoy life. Because it really does rob you of joy. Principle number eight, respect your body. You know, accepting your genetic blueprint may be difficult. (laughs) I know for me, I've always just been like, why didn't I? Why didn't I get this? Why didn't I get that? Why did I get this? Why did I get that? And it's like almost you know, saying to God, to the universe, like, you know, I don't like what you gave me. And I think that is a disservice to us. It's, you know, just with a per- just as a person with a shoe size of eight would not expect realistically to squeeze into a size six. It's equally futile and uncomfortable for us to have a similar expectation about our body size. And so when we respect our bodies, we can feel better about who we are. And it's hard to reject the diet mentality if you are unrealistic and overly critical of your body shape. And listen, like, 
I know changing our bodies or becoming fitter or wanting muscles or, you know, slimmer thighs, all of these things, those, these are not bad things. And I'm not saying don't strive for a body that you feel good in, but let's not strive for a size two and a hundred pounds when our body feels the best at a size six and 125 pounds or whatever it is, 130 pounds. You know, we, we just, we're not a one size fits all. And that's the same for our bodies too. Principle number nine, exercise and feel the difference. Oh, this is a big one for me. Just get active and feel the difference. So feel it in your body, what it feels like to be active, to walk on a treadmill, to go for a walk by the beach, to run, to do yoga, to dance. Feel what that feels like in your body. Does it bring you joy? Does it bring you peace? Are there happy emotions that you're feeling? And along with exercise too, we have to, I think, for the time being, remove anything that doesn't serve us, anything that doesn't bring us joy, anything that doesn't make us happy. Because if you are forcing yourself to go for a jog every single morning and you are hating it, you are not helping your body. You are not sending loving messages to your body. You are creating more stress, more stress on the adrenal glands, more stress on the brain. And really, once you cause stress on the body, cortisol is released, inflammation, like it's just this, it doesn't work. So you're doing the complete opposite than what you're trying to do, which is maybe lose some a few pounds or get healthy or feel better in your clothes. Um, and if you focus on how you feel from working out, such as energized, it can make the difference between rolling out of bed for a brisk morning walk or hitting the snooze alarm. And if you wake up, your only goal is to lose weight. It is usually not a motivating factor in the moment of time. So if you're only working out to lose weight and you are hating it or you, you're dreading it, again, counterintuitive, it's not going to work. And the last principle of the book is honor your health, gentle nutrition, gentle nutrition. Oh, I like that. They want you to make food choices that honor your health, that make your taste buds just sing, be happy. While you're making you feel good. And this is, again, like this can go back to the same principle about what you're thinking and what you're feeling is what's happening inside of the body. And the same thing goes with food. It's just they're one and the same. And you just remember that you don't have to eat perfect. You do not have to eat a perfect diet to be healthy. And this is where... I have struggled for so long because I thought that I had to eat this perfect healthy diet in order to be healthy. But really at the end of the day, that stressed me out more 
than just enjoying my food and having french fries every once in a while or having that slice of pizza if I really wanted it. Like these are moments where you listen to your body and ask her if she wants it. And if she doesn't, then you don't give it to her or not don't give it to her, but you don't have it. Um, you will not suddenly get a nutrient deficiency or gain weight from one snack, one meal, or one day of eating. It's what you eat consistently over time that matters. So progress, not perfection, is what counts. And all of that makes so much sense to me because it's, it's, It's a loving process to heal such a negative space that we've been in. And so I know that we are bogged down with diets and fitness and nutrition and bodies that are a perfect 10 in our minds and all of these things that we have to strive to get to in order to be loved or wanted or desired or even to feel worthy or good enough. And what I've learned in life is that if you don't feel good enough, if you don't feel worthy enough, if you don't love yourself, how can you expect anybody else to? You're not going to get it from somebody else. You are not going to find your self-worth in somebody else. You are not going to feel good enough with somebody else. And you are not going to love yourself if somebody else loves you first. I learned that the hard way. And so trust me when I say this is not an easy road. This is not something that's going to heal and be fixed overnight. But it is something worth going through and worth healing. Because if you want a life, a beautiful life, a beautiful body, a body that feels good for you, nobody else, a body that is energized and and can walk and run and play and do all the things and dance. It has to come from you. It has to come from within. You are perfect just the way that you are. You are perfect right now as you sit and listen to this recording. You are worthy. You are good enough. And it might take you a little bit to realize that or to get there. And that's okay, because I'm still in it. And I'm still healing. And I have moments in my day where I'm like doing it again in my head. But that's when I breathe and come back to my heart and remind myself what my worth is and remind myself of the life I want to live and become her, become that person. Who do you want to be? How do you want to feel? And what do you want to look like? Because you can create the body of your dreams. Affirmations, visualizations, tapping, dancing, being free in your body, 
these are all wonderful tools to start the healing process and get you feeling better about yourself. I hope that you found value in this episode. I hope that it resonated with you and that you start the journey of going within and saying beautiful things to yourself every single day, loving yourself just a little bit every single day, starting a new habit, creating a new life, creating a body of your dreams. These are all possible things. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. I love you. I'm sending you so much love and light. Have a beautiful night.